I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. Whoop, whoop, we I back. got it right. We back. Yay. Whoop, whoop. It's, it's been so long. I totally just noticed you're wearing your hoe hoops. That's right. <laughs> Whole life or no life. <laughs> <laughs> we love hoe hoops. <laughs> love us some hoe hoops. I was going for, um, I had another hat on earlier, like a little turban, not a hat, sorry. So I was going for the fortune teller look. I dig it, yo. Yeah. I have a joke for you. I'm ready. What room does a ghost not need? Ooh, which one? A living room. Because, <laughs> you know, they, they did. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I have one for you. Okay. It's even worse. <laughs> How do ghosts fly? I don't know. How do they fly? British scareways. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's the plane I want to go on. I have flown British airways before, and it is rather delightful. Oh, nice. Although Richard Branson's Virgin was also equally delightful. I was going to say, I heard that one was better. Um, it, I definitely felt like, I mean, at the time schlepping it in coach, cause you know, poor college student for both flights. Right. Um, and for, I do feel like I had more leg room flying with Richard Branson than okay. with British Airways. Okay. But it's good to know mm-hmm. since we're all, you know, starting to travel again, <laughs> I know. we're getting back to some kind of normalcy ish. But now we got monkey pox. Oh, There's God. a big monkeypox outbreak uh, in Ugh. the U.S. and I believe it has hit the U.K. as well. So monkeypox, mm-hmm. what? I have to look that one up. I'm yeah. gonna be honest, I I haven't been ta- paying attention to the um, news lately because it's so depressing. Very similar <laughs> flu-like symptoms with pox. Awesome. Pox, pox bumps. Awesome. Yeah. Just what we need. Yeah. Another pandemic. <laughs> Another plague. Yay. Right? Well, should we get into ghouls news? Yes, let's do it. Great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we out of practice. <laughs> what? <laughs> ghouls news. Ghouls news. Yay. As a reminder, <laughs> we are Kitty FX Shop Brand Ambassadors. Whoop yeah. Whoop whoop. They are wonderful. I know they were, they just did the, um, oh, it was the IE show. Oh, creepy con? Creep creepy IE con. con. Yeah, there, there it is. I was like, because the, the IE, IE isn't it was, creepy enough. <laughs> it was the IE whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, they had some really good stuff. Right now, they're taking a break. But please make sure you follow them on Instagram, KittyFXShop, to get updates. So hopefully some stuff coming soon. And then when they do open up, don't forget that you will get 15% off with our code, TheSquawkGhouls. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, so be on the lookout for some new and spooky stuff from Kitty FX. Heck yeah. Yeah. And then we also wanted to share some of the recent spooky films that we've watched and also some of the fun spooky books that we are reading. Yeah, I've been reading a lot. I have not. Lately. Unless it is I a mean, textbook. Yeah, I know. I was like, you have an excuse. <laughs> Unless it is a textbook, ain't no reading happening over here. Yeah. Um, my, my therapist recommended lots of reading 
to escape. So because reading is fundamental. fundamental. The more you know, bing. I know. <laughs> um. So the book that I'm reading right now, albeit very very slowly, is the Final Girl Support Group. Ooh. And by very slowly, I mean I am like one chapter in. Okay, but is that one chapter good so far? Oh yes, it's it's delightful. So okay, far. great. Um, I am trying to make a resolution because I am a terrible phone nighttime scroller Ooh, yep um and Me too. pinterest board creator yep um it, I, it's, it's <laughs> freaking terrible um so i'm really trying to be better about instead of scrolling through my phone at night or doing things like oh i'm so sorry party <laughs> foul oh potential spam f you i thought i muted my phone how rude i'm so sorry we're doing great we're doing great we're doing great i swear i'm so sorry i thought i turned my phone (laughs) here we are anyway um i'm really trying very hard to not scroll through my phone or do things like read really sad supreme court draft decisions and such on my kindle so instead i have a stack of books by my bed that thus far i have good intentions of reading and have not done but i am going to read more tonight okay while i have a break because i've got another three days before my next quarter starts okay on well, monday on the next episode you're gonna have to tell me how that is yes um and then the film that i picked is the film the cursed Ooh. that came out earlier this year so it was in theaters not a super wide theatrical release but i just ended up not having a chance because you know grad school to had zero time to go and actually see it but rented it with a friend of ours daniela and Full transparency, because I am turning into a wuss, especially the more as with the med school portion of my program, the more <laughs> that I see, the more that things happen in movies and you're like, oh, I bet that totally tore that right ligament right there. That looks so painful. Yes. But so there were some parts that for sure had to fast forward because I am a 34 year old pansy <laughs> who still loves horror. <laughs> and um, I'm the... No, and you're, I don't, and you're I don't just want like to say popcorn. my the 30 year old um, <laughs> that will sit and eat popcorn and snicker while you're jumping. We'll just seat. do the age that you look, which is 22. And we'll go with that. I love you so much. I love you. <laughs> KIT don't change. Um, so it was it was great. It is the tale as old as time concept of don't screw with the romani people it will not end well for you it was a really interesting take on a werewolf kind of vampire monster story okay zero big name actors in it okay um all folks that i have only seen and and not even in that many places maybe one or two of the actors i recognize from other spots very interesting well done beautifully filmed worth a watch i will not spoil the rest okay i like it i'll have to go and watch that one i've been meaning to it's good um well the book that i finished is um where the crawdad sing not necessarily a a horror um not in the horror genre mm-hmm. more mystery murder um we but I have been going through Reese Witherspoon's book club. She's got some good books on there. I like Reese. A lot of like, there's, I mean, I'm not really into like the romance. No hard stuff, pass. But this one had a little bit of romance. Um, it, it goes on two storylines. I don't want to give too much away because also the movie is coming out this summer. Oh, snap. 
So, um, but I will tell you, it is really good. Check it out. And I've finished it, so I'm already on my next book, which is called uh, Sanitarium, or Sanatorium, excuse me, by Sarah Pierce. Um, And basically how it was described on her book club website, which is why I picked it, it was basically saying it's The Shining, but with a group of friends. Oh, I'm here for this. Yeah, so... And everybody's kind of like raving and they're hoping it's going to be made into a show or a movie. But I mean, so far, most of her stuff that I mean, most of the books that are on her list are being made into something. So, I mean, case in point, Big Little Lies and and so on and so forth. There's so many. She's got a lot. And so finish that book, starting a new one. And then the movie I put in here, I know it wasn't your favorite. Nope. Because you turned it off. I turned it off. But it's uh, Fresh with uh, Sebastian Stan. Bucky Barnes is so disappointed in Sebastian Stan. <laughs> I, I like that it was something different for him. True story. Um, and maybe that was what made me want to watch it. I will say it is <clears throat> it is very gory. I draw the line at people's butts getting cut off. Yes. Um, so if you don't like gore... And if you're not really into, like, a man kidnapping a woman and torturing her, if that's triggering, do not watch this it. This ain't the movie for you. Do not watch it. Yeah. Um, I'm just a weirdo, and I just watch everything. Now, I will say, I did I, I did look up the synopsis and see to see how it ended, and I was pleased with the ending. Yes. And I'll leave it at that. Um, but yes, it's just it's a, little, a little tough. It's a little disturbing, but... I liked it because it was it was kind of kooky. Well, I mean, like some of the some of the scenes with the body parts and such, they very clearly looked fake. So I'm going, oh, yeah, okay, we cool, we cool. But well, then- and I think that's why I guess after some other stuff that happened in the movie, it didn't bother me as much. The butt getting cut off was just too much for me. I kind of okay. I'm weird because I laughed at that. I mean, it was <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's on um, Hulu. Mm-hmm. I want to say yes. You are correct. My okay. Dear. Yes, it is on Hulu. It should still be there as long as you have your premium subscription or borrow it from a close family friend like I do. Yes. You you really are not 21st century friends. I know. <laughs> unless you all have a, a spreadsheet of streamed services and logins and who pays for what. That's yeah. like leveling up in your friendships. Yeah. This this is how we do things now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Indeed. All right. Cool. Booze news? Yes. Booze news. Booze news. Boop. Oh, first one's me. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, so Ryan Murphy's spinoff, American Horror Stories. I wanted to make sure I said that right. Um, it's coming back for a second season. And FX has announced that installment two will premiere on July 21st. So really soon. Oh, that's very soon. Yes. So it, um, for those who didn't watch the first season of it, um, basically this was a spinoff anthology um, and it featured hour long uh, contained episodes and it was exclusively available through fx on hulu um so the new series mostly tells original stories unconnected to the main american horror stories series um though season one was bookended by a murder house continuation which was kind of cool i really enjoyed yeah. american horror stories 
I did too. I, I thought it was. There were some where I was kind of like, eh. Well, and but I but, I do feel like it. So it was very, and I, I know I've talked about this before. I adored the Masters of Horror series from the early two thousands. Oh yeah, it was wonderful. I re- this was one hundred percent reminiscent of that. Where you're you're definitely not going to like all of them. Well, I mean, you might you might like all of them. <laughs> Chances are you're probably not. Right. You're going to have some that you favor more than others. I liked that they were unique, yet they tied in the most popular and one of the best seasons of the sh- the show and used that as as to your point the book ending of it the start and the end mm-hmm. i also really liked that in my struggle with american horror story itself is that by episode six or seven i'm done yeah with most of them and i've just completely lost interest because they just go on i, I really on need him on. to change the formula yeah of american horror story or stick to the Disney playbook, and if you have a weak plot line, then maybe just do six episodes. It yeah. doesn't, or do the two, like the double feature, although even double feature I wasn't super sold on, so maybe that's yeah. adult. But. I mean, he should just keep the same formula, like what he's doing with American Crime Stories. Oh, the American Crime Stories are so good. They're all so good. I'm like at the edge of my seat. Every episode, every season has been great. But anyway, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we'll see what's going to be upcoming. But they haven't, like, you know, said any, like, details on what it's going to be about. So stay tuned for more info. Yay. Super exciting. And then Christina. Christ- I swear I could talk. Sorry. We're doing great. <laughs> Christina Ritchie is back in the horror genre with a brand new movie called Monstrous. I really want to see this. It, it's in theaters, but it's also on demand. And it came out Friday the 13th. So it's cool. already out. Um, but she is top lining the movie. And it kind of marks the return of the director, Chris uh, Silverson, who did um, I Know Who Killed Me and All Cheerleaders Die. Oh, I never forgive him for i knew he killed me <laughs> yeah i know that was really bad Lilo, your so i'm kind of hoping you. i'm really kind of hoping this is better but in the film laura who's pres- uh, played by richie uh she's traumatized by an abusive relationship finally runs away from her former husband with her seven-year-old son cody but in their new idyllic and remote sanctuary they find they have another bigger and more terrifying monster to deal with one that will test both their mental health issues to the limit okay this uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be rough yeah <laughs> um but also coming soon uh just to remind she is re-teaming with tim burton on wednesday mm-hmm. and they haven't worked together since the sleepy hollow so this is gonna be really really cool and i do love little jenna ortega i I'm know so excited for i her. can't wait so we're gonna have excited. to have a watch party oh, heck yeah. <laughs> i'm super stoked on this all right so, in case you did not get your Sam Raimi fix from <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which, if you haven't watched it, run, don't walk. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, the Evil fran- Dead franchise is back! Woo-hoo! I'm so excited! Uh, so, actually, there are two new Evil Dead oh. installments. So, the first, Evil Dead The Game, which is now available. And also, Evil Dead Rise, which will debut exclusively on HBO Max. So, Ooh. it's no definitive release date yet for Evil Dead Rise, but it is coming at some point this year. 
Oh, exciting. So I'm super stoked. Now, the official plot synopsis for Evil Dead Rise is... Uh, in this fifth Evil Dead film, a road-weary Beth pays an overdue visit to her older sister, Ellie, who is raising three kids on her own in a cramped L.A. apartment. The sister's reunion is cut short by the discovery of a mysterious book, Cough, Cough, Necronomicon. I can also not speak today. We're doing great. We're doing great. Uh, deep in the bowels of Ellie's building. I'm so sorry I said bowels when you took a drink. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, giving rise to flesh-possessing demons and thrusting Beth into a primal battle for survival as she is faced with the most nightmarish version of motherhood imaginable. That was a really long sentence. But that's the official plot. So exciting that Evil Dead is alive and well. I like I it. I sure hope that there is at least one or two Bruce Campbell cameos. Oh, I'm Otherwise, sure there will be. Otherwise, it's not Evil Dead. Yeah. Right? It's like, why did we even make it? Right? What's the point? <laughs> so, in other news as well, I'm gonna butcher this director name. Woo! Sorry in advance. Erlinger Thorodson. Yep. Is so not right. Uh, is the director <laughs> in an upcoming horror movie titled The Piper, which, Ooh. as you guessed it, kids, <gasps> is a dark version of the Pied Piper I legend. I was just gonna ask about that i don't know why i'm doing this dance but i'm really excited i like it (laughs) um so it's this as it's been billed the piper is the story of a young musician who gets a seemingly dream assignment to complete her late mentor's concerto however she discovers that when the music is played it awakens an evil force so this is going to be starring charlotte hope with Julian Sands, Bernard Kira, and Les Weldon, who are producing The Piper with Millennium Media's Yariv Lerner, Jeffrey Greenstein, Jonathan Younger, and Tanner Mobley. That so, was so good. I'm, we're doing great. Um, so I'm super excited for this. Yes, um, I don't think I've ever seen a horror film based on that story nope but i'm unless you want to talk about the other pied piper that we don't talk about r kelly he used to call himself the pied piper did he really he did it was in like every song i guess i've just like mostly blacked out yeah memory of it's good it's good to do that we don't want to know him as the pied piper no i don't want to know him period (laughs) but anyway that's just me and my r&b and hip-hop bad enough i know him as r kelly (laughs) right all right uh favorite ghoul shops yes so the shop that i picked to support is not i mean it's kind of a shop but also a nonprofit organization is the order of the good death so this was founded by mortician and death positive advocate our favorite gal caitlin dowdy from ask a mortician on youtube yep so the order is about making death a part of your life, which means committing to staring down your death fears, whether it's your own death, the death of those you love, the pain of dying, the afterlife, or lack thereof, grief, corpses, bodily decomposition, or all of the above. And Caitlin's mission is to help us understand that accepting death is 
natural, but the death, anxiety, and terror of modern culture are not. I like this. So, right? She And she does so much to also give back to the community. She does have a scholarship that she offers to a black mortician or mortuary science student every year through Cypress College out here, which is a very prestigious mortuary science program in Southern California. And they also fight to pass legislation um, to destigmatize different forms of eco-friendly death because let's be honest, mm-hmm. we running out of space. Yep. <laughs> and also there is quite a lot of waste that is com- that is um, emitted into the atmosphere, into our water supply as part of the, not necessarily crematory process, but also when you think about the process of creating caskets and cosmetics and embalming, it's just very carbon footprint mm-hmm. heavy. Yep. So her mission is to advocate for more eco-friendly types of death, as well as supporting the work of other nonprofits that address urgent death-related issues that arise within various communities. So, for example, you take things like the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly when we started seeing the big death spikes in 2020. Mm -hmm. She actually did a video discussing her mortuary home that she owns here in the LA area, who primarily serves underprivileged communities so these yeah so these are families that live in multi-generational homes people in close contact with each other so when one person gets it if there's 12 people in the house everybody gets it so then what do you do if somebody passes and then there's no space mortuaries are full there's not even refrigeration truck space available, no ambulances to even come and pick up dead bodies. So cops are having to come and sit with dead bodies until wow. someone can come in. Yeah, so she she really advocates through a lot of work to help support families that can't necessarily afford the cost of funerals, which is exorbitantly expensive. If you've even just getting cremated costs a lot of money. But with that, she actually has a pretty great shop. I have bought a lot of shirts and such from her. They sell mugs, water bottles, patches, anything. If you can dream it, they have it. So Ooh. contribute to the order of the good death. They do good stuff. Yay. I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. I have to talk to her about death. I have, I have weird feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get better about it. <laughs> Um, well, my favorite ghoul shop is one that we just recently met, um, the Conjured Rose. Yeah. Um, it was founded by Mary, I'm going to mess up this last name, That's okay. uh, C, C Ring or Cy Ring and Desiree Coolscog. I'm pretty sure. good. Yeah. And they started in 2014, but we met them or uh, we met Desiree, um, at the Haunted Souls Bazaar at the Heritage Square in LA. Which was very fun. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I took a spooky photo. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but they create these wonderful fragrances. And they're all na- uh, all made by uh, with natural oils, things like that. Um, so no, no icky stuff in there. And they smell wonderful Ophelia's was, alters my jam it was really hard to choose uh-huh. <laughs> um but i had kind of chatted a little bit with desiree while we were there um just kind of scoping out everything and she was telling me that they created the line just to kind of help 
you know, women get back into self-care, get, you know, their magic and empowerment back. And, you know, they're just basically, you know, wanting to spread that. I love that. With everybody. So I was like, yep, I'm buying something. Wonderful. (laughs) I support small businesses that do great things. Yes. Especially for women. So I bought Spectre. I know you bought Ophelia's Altar. Okay. Yeah. But like I said, it's really hard to choose, but they have an IG account. Um, please go check them out. And um, Mary actually is a wonderful artist. Um, and she did all the drawings on their Conjured Rose uh, website. I think she sells uh, on there as well. But please check them out. There's some really great things. I like it. Ooh. Right on. Excuse me. <laughs> well, so we decided as we're coming into Summertime. summer... And live in it's gonna be so hot. Sorry, okay. No, no, continue. keep going. No, no, no. <laughs> I love it. No, we good. We good. Um, so we thought we would talk about some haunted campgrounds, <laughs> whoop, whoop. just to keep it creepy even in the summertime. Summerween. Yay! I like it. I, Summerween. I'm so handsy today. I love it. I, you know what? One of these days we're gonna record ourselves. <laughs> we'll do a live stream. <laughs> And everybody's going to be like, uh, what the heck is going on? What's wrong with that Sarah lady? She's so crazy. She's not. You're wonderful. Even my HR lady's like, well, you're crazy. You're just not crazy about this. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, HR. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Would you like, oh, and apologies to our international listeners. We're doing great. Um, We will... Do some more research and talk about some spooky, haunted international campgrounds. But yes. for this episode, these are domestic, United, contiguous, contiguous United States. Lower 48. Wave to Hawaii. Yeah. And Puerto Rico, because it's territory. Most people go. don't know that. <laughs> but we'll expand on this yes. later. Because there's, there's lots of spooky stuff. There are. Would you like to go first, my dear? Yes. And it's really funny that we picked this because we all know that I don't like camping anyway. So and it's not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really interesting that we're doing this because now I kind of want to go. You know my stance. I don't work as hard as I do <laughs> to pay to go be homeless somewhere. But like, but I mean like in a cabin though. <sighs> you, you pushing it. You pushing it. I mean, but a cabin has a bed. If it's got a bed and indoor a plumbing. Kitchen. Okay. Kitchenette, indoor pl- You know what? As long as there's really indoor plumbing and an actual bed, yes. I, it's tolerable. There's no way I'm sleeping on the ground. You, we all no. know this. No, no, no. <laughs> so. I need a bed and a shower. <laughs> exactly. And toilet paper. All of that. Mm-hmm. We need all the amenities. Yes. <laughs> anyway. So, well, the first one I picked is... The Holy Ghost Campground. I just wanted Can to say I get it like an that. Amen. Amen. Oh, and oh it, girl. Oh, mm, mm, <clears throat> get your <clears throat> shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is in New Mexico. Yay. So, um, the Holy Ghost is a campground on the edge of the Picos Wilderness. I've only driven through Albuquerque, and there was another city but santa fe probably yeah and santa fe and just in general new mexico has this very like spiritual vibe so i can kind of get a little bit why this is um 
already like haunted anyway so um it's so it's right kind of near where the santa fe national forest is so it's about 14 miles northeast of santa fe and the uh, united states forest service translated the area's spanish name espiritu santo i like it i practice that (laughs) holy spirit (laughs) and it's applied to the campground summer home area and a creek that is located there cool so yeah um so according to the locals the pueblo indians revolted against the spanish in august of 1680 as they should um (laughs) um all of the spanish left except for one priest he was very determined um (laughs) he, he was gonna turn them all into um i guess catholic no christianity Oh, so it's basically like the California mission system. Basically. We will indoctrinate you by force if necessary. Yes. So he was really trying. And basically the Pueblo Indians were like, no, screw that. We don't like you. And they killed the priest in anger and over the torture and forced slavery that the Spanish brought upon them. I think this is the textbook definition of you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Exactly. Exactly. But I will get into another little story a little bit later from an interview that I read. Um, But that's basically the overall. So they're saying the ghost of the priest has been seen wandering the woods ever since then. Um, But the priest's death isn't the only death that's been kind of in this woods. There's been lots of car accidents, uh, deadly fights between bikers, because I guess that's where you go to fight is the campground, and even, like, a few missing state troopers. Ooh! Yeah. This just got spicy. It's a a spooky. It's a spooky spicy. (laughs) So, um, campers have reported seeing shadows walking through trees, and, I mean, obviously, they're saying mostly it's the priest, but they also um, have said to hear occasional chanting when they're walking through the forest there. And also, mysterious lights can also be seen floating, kind of hinting to UFOs. I mean, they're kind of close to close to Roswell. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not that far. <laughs> um, but I read this interview um, on Outside Magazine. It was online. Um, a gentleman who is a local ghost tour guide, Alan Pacheco, he said, basically, this area in Santa Fe is like the Bermuda Triangle of New Mexico. Cool. He said, people disappear into thin air. No clothes or bones are ever found. Cool. <laughs> And then he said people have also spotted UFOs, seen strange shadows, heard voices. He said there's lots of, you know. Oh, throw in a chupacabra. And I know, get everything. <laughs> he said he even thinks that maybe there is a cosmic doorway that opens up there. Okay. Like a dimensional wormhole. He said it's just different beings, different energies, you name it. That it's a hell of a drug. So, it is, okay. Yeah, maybe. I was like, who's got the peyote over there? <laughs> 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 I was reading like all about this and like seriously go down going down the rabbit hole. I'm like, what is happening at like, this campground? Yo, put the cup Somebody down. is on drugs. <laughs> so as I mentioned before, I was reading on Outside magazine, and they actually profiled the Holy Ghost campground as part of a feature on the most haunted campgrounds in the United States in 2019. And a group of editors actually spent the night there after the publication to investigate all the claims. Did they survive? Um, I mean, I'm going to read you a little bit. <laughs> I mean, were they? did they leave breathing or no? <laughs> I mean, 
I'm assuming yes. Okay. I mean, somebody had to write the article, so. Right, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, like, as true skeptics, you know, they want to see if it's true or not. I mean, I can relate. (laughs) So, in the article, um, one of the uh, writers, Jared Herrera, he says that he was fishing along the Holy Ghost Creek in the campground. And this is what he writes. He says, the night passed peacefully, but the next morning... Uh, my associate managing editor, Alita, got up to fish the nearby Holy Ghost Creek. About 10 minutes in, her hook got snagged on a root along the bank. As her name, Berchaisky? Berchaisky. I'm gonna get that wrong. We're just gonna call her Alita. Hi, Alita! <laughs> Worked to free the hook. She saw a dark figure of a man in her peripheral vision mm-hmm. approaching her. You he in was, danger, girl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, just leave the, the fishing rod there. Um, he was walking weird, kind of looping, she said. Ini- um, initially, she thought it was her husband coming over to tell her how cold he was, walking strangely in an attempt to warm up. But then I turned around to say hi, and she says nobody was there. You in danger, girl. I know. I Nope. I'm good. I'm so good. But, so, regardless of what was mentioned before, going back to Pacheco, he says that he he kind of takes the legend of Holy Ghost in more of a positive light. He was saying, according to his side of the story, he said it was a priest on the run from a group of Native Americans during the Pueblo Revolt, and he found shelter in the forest. And he says that he hid up there and a fog came up and it protected him. So the pursu- the pursuers could not see him in the fog. He survived the massacre. Thus, the Holy Ghost protected the Padre. Oh. But, yeah. Creepy. So, it, yeah, it, it goes back and forth. But anyway, the Holy Ghost is one of the top spots for campers until it closes for the winter season because nobody wants to camp when it's cold. I don't. I don't want to camp I mean, camp I don't anyway. want to camp at eat, right. period, but... <laughs> But it's one of the popular campgrounds in New Mexico. They said it's really, really beautiful and you don't have to really, you know, go too far into the woods to really enjoy nature. But I'm good. I can personally enjoy nature (laughs) from the main road waving from my car. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) But yeah, that's the Holy Ghost Campground. Well done, friends. Thanks. I like it. I like research. I'm so sad that my mom was such an avid backpacker (laughs) and she still is like a super avid camper and such. And I mean, she volunteers with the San Gregonio Wilderness Association. She's so into this. I know. She should have been on this episode. Well, and it just like skipped a generation. Oh, yeah. It's like not not me, mama. It, it didn't do any skipping. No one in my family likes to be outdoors. No, and she was, I mean, she was a single parent. She was a journalist during the day and then would freelance at night. So she didn't have time to take us camping and such. And she had told me recently that one of the things that she regrets doing as a parent is not taking us out camping and such more. And I'm like, no, nah, girl, don't feel bad. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I do not feel like I missed out on anything. We, oh, we good. We good. <laughs> All right. Um, so the first one that I picked is actually where we just were last weekend. Oh, yeah. It is Vallecito County Park in San Diego. For those of you that don't speak Espanol, it is V-A-L-L-E-C-I-T-O because, you know, in Spanish, double L equals Y. Yep. Vallecito. Um, so 
I took a couple different things. I, I did did some research on a couple different blogs from people that have actually stayed there, and then mm-hmm. also some stories from newspapers. And then also this segment is specifically from the camp's website. Oh, nice. Um, so for those of you that aren't familiar with where this is in the greater San Diego area, so this is pretty deserty. Um, it is a hub where people kind of go to different other d- deserty activities and such. I personally grew up in the desert, so going back is not a priority of mine. But <laughs> but some people love it. Some people love the serenity. They find beauty in it. Good nope. on you, friends. Nope. Not me. I lived there way too long. Hard pass. Hard pass. 19 years at the edge of the Mojave <laughs> Desert was too much. Too, too much. Okay, so... Um, Viacito is basically this little hub where you can go do other things. So there are hiking and picnicking trails that you could go off to Agua Caliente Regional Park. There's also, if you go a little bit south, you get to Anza Borrego, which for those of you that are not familiar with the area, if you've ever been to Disneyland uh, or Disney California Adventure Mm -hmm. out here, if you've ever been on Soarin' Over California, yep. the scene with the horseback riders and there's just a bunch of red dirt. That's, oh. That's Anza Brico. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it's dirt. You learn something new every day. The more you know. Um, nice. So this is this is where Vallecito is. Okay. So in Spanish, or from Spanish to English, that translates to Little Valley. Oh, that's cute. That's very cute. Vallecito. I might want to stay there. Maybe not after I read this. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so it is a 71-acre county park that is built around a reconstruction of the historic Butterfield Stage Station. Um, it has been a camp campsite for hundreds of years. Wow. Hundreds. First beginning with the native Kumeye Indians, Native Americans. Uh, so, Vallecito is a quiet alternative to some of the busier desert campgrounds. So, if you've ever been to places like Joshua Tree or if you do the Coachella camping, don't know why you would, but live your best life if that's what you want to do. Here for a good time, not a long time. So, one of the main attractions is obviously the weather. It is about 10 degrees cooler than Agua Caliente, which is nearby in the spring. And there also are a lot of wildflowers in the spring. So, it's very, very pretty. For a short period of time. There are 44 different campsites that you can stay at. And they have water available kind of scattered throughout the campgrounds. Mm. So if you want, you can picnic, you can hike. Pets are allowed, so you can bring your family members. And I I believe it's not that expensive either to camp there. So it's a little bit of background. If this is a place that you would like to visit, go for it. Now let's talk about the ghosts. Yay. So... As with so many other places, Vallecito is haunted by a lady in white. Of course. By the name of Eileen O'Connor. Now, she's actually fairly young. I think she was about 15 when she passed away from what I read. Oh, boy. Yeah. Was it from the desert heat? We'll we'll get there. Okay. So, uh, in the late 1850s, she was actually on her way to Sacramento. So, for those of you that aren't um, beaten within an inch of existence with California history, the way that Californians are, what was going on then? Gold rush. Yep. For those that are not familiar with the California gold rush, think of it like cryptocurrency. <laughs> A few people in the beginning got real rich. Everyone mm-hmm. else got 
effed. Yep. And that's the California gold rush. You're welcome. Yep. So she was on her way to Sacramento to meet her fiance, who was one of those lucky few who got into cryptocurrency at the beginning. <laughs> and the Sierra Goldfields, and she got sick. So shortly after her stagecoach arrived in Vallecito, she passed away. Uh-huh. She was dressed in a white wedding dress and Aww. found in her luggage and buried on the property. So since then, she has been haunting the former stage station. Oh, that's so sad. I know. I feel bad for her. It's like the Oregon Trail. Everyone died of dysentery. Oh. It was a real thing. Not just a video game. So sad. I know. So, I found this really great blog called Road Trippers. Oh, yeah. I found a lot with them, too. (laughs) Yeah. So, they actually interviewed a... um, They interviewed a park ranger who has seen some weird spooky things. And this was... Some of this is a quote from what... uh, Her name was Ms. Langley. So, this is a lot of what she saw and what she had written. So, she said, sometimes people just see her walking and then get this overwhelming feeling of sadness. And then Langley said she hasn't seen the ghost herself, but she's convinced that the lady in white still haunts the grounds. And she points out that Ms. Eileen O'Connor was likely only about 15 when she died. She was just a kid, and then she was doing kid stuff. Um, So, she actually, and the reason that she thinks that she's so young is because uh, the ghost of Eileen plays little tricks on her so for example it's more fun she said that eileen will steal her gloves and then put them back at the other end of the park a week later (laughs) she's had keys taken and then put back later that's funny so langley says she always brings the stuff back but she keeps it for a little while and then at other times langley has heard toilets flush or smelled a sweet perfume with nobody around she's also been seen on the swings or on the uh, swings that are on the playground move on their own it'll be a perfectly still day zero wind and the two swings will just start going um well i'm sorry the two on the end will be still and then the one in the middle will just start going back and forth So, Eileen O'Connor, the lady in in white, is not the only ghost that haunts Viacito County Park. So, there's another legend, this one's way cool, um, of two bandits. One of them was mounted on a white stallion who shot the other bandit at the stage station after a robbery gone wrong. So, these two bandits were robbing another stagecoach and made out with something to the tune of like $65,000 or something absurd for the time. (laughs) Um, So, eyewitnesses have reported seeing the ghost of the white horse in the surrounding hills in the areas where the bandits allegedly buried their ill-gotten gains. But... Uh, so they've Langley has said that the ghosts are there, but nobody's scary. She said, you know, I've been here five years and nothing has happened that would make me flip out and want to leave and never come back. And then there's a couple of other ghosts. Um, so two more who immigrated from Texas named Buck and Roland, who were allegedly both killed in a duel with each other awesome i know this is some real (laughs) cowboy shit so there's an area called the carrizo wash and supposedly there is a phantom stagecoach that has been spied numerous times over the last hundred years it's been seen pulled by four mules and the ghostly stage lumbers along the buff the butterfield stage road carrying no passengers but driven by a spectral figure 
Awesome. Woo-hoo. So according to legend, the stage was traveling from El Paso to San Diego. El Paso's in Texas. It's basically like Juarez. There is one, I think the, the river goes through the two, but it's right on the border with Mexico. So it was going from far west Texas to San Diego with a box of gold coins. And in addition to the driver, the stage was also carried with a guard to protect the money. Mm. However, when the stage reached Yuma, Arizona, the guard fell ill and the driver continued on without him. And somewhere in the area of the Carrizo Wash between the two canyons were held up by bandits. Ah, who killed the driver. Ooh. So it's been said that the Phantom Stage still continues its journey on moonlit nights, hesitating briefly at the sight of the old Carrizo Station before continuing on its way and out of sight. And then the next morning, the prints of wagon wheels and horses can still be seen in the stand. That is so cool. And that is Vallecito County Park. That's cool. In San Diego, California. That is really cool creepy as hell. yeah creepy but kind of cool All right well since you were talking about a little bit of the gold rush that brings me to my next one Woo-hoo. and it's in the good old ie <laughs> which i kind of feel like jared and your mom need to be in here for this one <laughs> mm-hmm. but um i'm going to talk about the holcomb valley campground that is in big bear lake california Boop, boop. Yeah, so um, it's a short drive north of Big Bear Lake is Holcomb Valley and what little remains of the little uh, historic ghost town of Belleville. Mm-hmm. I said that right. I'm, I you sure it. did. Okay, perfect. So during the 1860s, Holcomb Valley was the richest gold mining area of Southern California, supporting some 10,000 residents. Belleville, the largest town in Holcomb Valley, almost overtook San Bernardino as a county seat. Mm. interesting complete with boutique camping and a future home to modern cabins it's a four season base camp for modern explorers who value nature and good design that's wildly descriptive it is that's why i left it in there (laughs) because i wanted to i wanted to see your reaction because i was like i don't think sarah says anything with this description talking about the ie nope sure don't so it's, Z- it's zero, <laughs> zero shade to any friends that live out there i still have many people that i love that live out there it's just not for me yeah it's i haven't been to big bear lake in a very very long time so there's lots of lakes that are way closer <sighs> yeah I'm, I'm good with that yep so <laughs> so holcomb valley ranch is a haven for outdoor enthusiasts who value proximity to a variety of active amenities Yes. So it is a popular destination for kayaking, stand up paddleboarding. Isn't that what paddleboarding is? <laughs> yeah. I, I just mean, I just read that like for the fifth time I mean, today. I did, and it meant nothing to me. I did just see a video of a lady paddleboarding while while sitting on her knees and a big old whale oh, came up under it. But. Oh, okay. So all right, fine. Stand up paddleboarding. <laughs> Cause I was just like, wait. <laughs> Anyways, I read this about 10 times today. (laughs) So um, anyway, so paddleboarding, swimming, boating and water skiing. And there's also a network of local hiking trails that um, link to the 2650 mile Pacific Crest Trail, which stretches from Mexico to Canada. Um, So 
sidebar on that because this woman volunteers with my mom's um, wilderness explorer organization, the San Gregonia Wilderness Fund organization mm. people. So her, I don't recall her last name, but I know her first name is Teddy. And she was the first woman to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. Really? Yes. That and is so long. So most people start from mexico and go up to canada they start in the winter and then by the time you get up to washington it's all the snows melted this woman is so hardcore that she did it backwards and she did it specifically because her husband told her that she couldn't do it she's still alive she's in her late 80s she's the most incredible human ever but she started in the winter at the canadian border and this bitch snowshoed what four weeks snowshoed four weeks that's crazy down south and she did it but she's the first woman to hike the pacific crest trail and she that's amazing is, she's a bamf and she's Props still alive her. yep and she she speaks i could never about i it. could never do that no but that is amazing no. it's, it's a no from me <laughs> it's a no from me it could be a hard no but yeah her name's teddy she still volunteers with the san gregonio wilderness association i might do like a mile right <laughs> and that's that's pushing it as soon as my mom said that she snowshoed for months i was like mm, no mm. <laughs> that's some donner party shit right there <laughs> oh man mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great mm-hmm. anyway i'm sorry so continue but no, anyway but speaking of uh snowshoeing <laughs> there's big bear mountain resort which is right in the area and they do activities such as downhill skiing and snowboarding in the winter to a I'm sorry, to a lift served downhill mountain bike park in the summer. So lots of wonderful activities. So getting a little bit in the history and getting into the spookiness. So Holcomb Valley was named in the winter of 1860 when a prospector named William Holcomb stumbled upon a new valley where he found a quartz ledge laced with gold. I love how they said laced with gold. <laughs> super Choice dr- words. Yeah, super druggy, but it's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> that is the IE. <laughs> I was like, this is great. <laughs> I, t- I told you some stories and thus, so far this tracks. Oh man. So after after he um, filed five gold claims, word spread really fast. It's the gold rush. When everybody gets any word, they're going to come a running. So many p- currency. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, prospectors rushed to the rush to the area. Excuse me. Woo. Um, before long, a gold camp sprang up east of where the gold was first discovered. And then on the 4th of July celebration, Mrs. Jed Van Dusen made a flag out of her petticoats. That was cute. Well, poor petticoats. <laughs> I know, but also really cool. <laughs> but, uh, and and to honor her for her patriotism, the town was named after her daughter Belle, oh, the firstborn cute. child in the camp. Aww. Yay! Yay, Belle! Good job being born and stuff. <laughs> so the um so in the beginning the route to holcomb valley was a very difficult trek through the santa Ana canyon but in june 1861 jed van dusen a blacksmith built a wagon road down the backside through hesperia and the cajon pass at the cost of fifteen hundred dollars so much back then that was a lot of money back then. yeah that was like you rich (laughs) if you have that money but he was making it easier to access the camp um the settlement grew quickly and soon supported a store, two butcher shops, two laundries, a bakery, three carpenter shops, two blacksmiths, a stamp mill, and a sawmill. What 
What is a stamp mill? I'm assuming it makes rubber stamps. That's what I was thinking, but oh, I wanted no. to make sure. That doesn't, it doesn't sound very science-y, so yeah. I don't know it. <laughs> and then, of course, with all the people, there were also the ever-present saloons. What is a stamp mill? Oh, you're looking it up. Uh, a type of mill machine that crushes material by pounding rather than grinding, either for further processing or for extraction of metallic ores. Oh. Not anything remotely what I With, with stamps. Okay. Yeah, that's nope. perfect. Nope. Okay. There you go. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> so as the town grew, there was also the ever-present present saloons, and it was a place called the Octagon House, mm-hmm. where painted ladies dance and entertained men in small, dimly lit cubicles. I am here for this. I like it. I probably would have been a painted lady back then. Oh, hell yeah. Can-can <laughs> within an inch of my life. <laughs> Making that money. Uh, the hustle is real, yo. <laughs> but the area quickly soon became a bloody Civil War battleground as prospectors with rival units union and confederate sympathies started gunning for each other sounds accurate yay (laughs) a number of old graves and a still standing hangman's tree are spooky reminders of the past Mm -hmm. oh gosh so yeah anyway (laughs) um but Basically, as more and more prospectors came to the area to hunt for gold and silver ore, the Bear Valley Mining District was founded. Initial mining was a uh, placer gold and then primarily done by small groups or individuals with claims along stream beds. Uh, Soon after, quartz mining began, and the significant mines were the Mammoth, Oleo, Pine Tree, and the Metzger. I have no idea where those are, but... Well, mammoth, I can mammoth, for I sure. Know. Yeah, yeah, that's it, though. But yes, but oh, here we go. Wait, this hard rock mining required stamp mills to crush the rock. Ah, we have our answer. There it is. Boom. <laughs> and several mills were built at different sites. Though the Holcomb Valley Gold Rush was the largest in Southern California, it only lasted a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, while limited mining continues even to this day, the motherlode vein has never been found. Mm-mm. I like that they call it the mother load. <laughs> they said load. <laughs> <laughs> but today, Belleville, Belleville is a hiker's paradise. Is, is, your, is it a hiker's paradise for your mom? Um, yes, she loves to go. So she primarily is in Barton Flats, which is a little further down in Angeles Oaks. So it's oh. not quite to Big Bear. It's about 20, 25 minutes south. But every so often they do go up to, to Big Bear, but they primarily hang out at jinx lake and such but she did uh, now that she's um love you mom she's not old but she's no longer a spring chicken so she does not do as much trail maintenance because there are as in southern california as i'm sure anybody around the world has seen we got a real devastating problem with wildfires and there are very specific manners in which you have to clear trails you can't for example you can't take any power tool anywhere in the wilderness so any trees that they need to remove to kind of clear space Mm -hmm. they have to do by hand with the you you ever see the old lumberjack saws like on the knott's berry farm ride where there's one person on one end and the other on the other and they go boing 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 boing, those ones that's what they have to use oh my god yeah right no hard pass so she doesn't do as much of that but she does love to hike (laughs) so far this is not helping me when i camp or hike Mm -hmm. nope nope but yeah but i thought maybe because it was kind of close she might you know go up there 
Every so often she does. Um, she does a lot at the visitor center now, and she does a lot of ranger talks. Oh. Um, very proud spooky daughter moment. I helped her put together her bat ranger talk. Yes. Talking about the importance of bats for the wilderness. As you should. It was my favorite thing I've ever That's done. That's amazing. I would have been there for that. Yeah. Just saying. Anyway. <laughs> but it's really cool. If you look up pictures of the area, you could still see a couple of old graves, some mining shafts, a simple cabin, and a few pieces of mining equipment lying about the area. And there's currently, um, there's still about 2,000 claims being worked on by hobbyist prospectors. Mm. So they still think they can find some gold. Dream on, folks. It's like, tell me. Um, there's also like interpretive signs that mark various sites around the valley. Um, you can pick up a map and directions at the Big Bear Ranger Station. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then once in the valley, interpretive signs fill visitors on the life and times of Holcomb Valley during the gold rush. But what they also might experience um, are the, the dead that roam free. Um, many campers account um, very, very eerie experiences. Some say hearing voices, murmurs, and screams at night, uh, while some had bizarre encounters of orbs floating in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they said, if you're lucky, you'll catch a glimpse of a ghost of one of the old miners carrying their lights through the woods, still busy looking and searching and hoping that one night, maybe this night, they will find the gold they were looking for. Ooh. <laughs> well and even so I'm, I'm looking it up on the map so and pursuant to our walk conversation because you were talking about the hanging tree mm-hmm. um so i didn't realize that Crestline was so far from big bear it's 31 and a half miles from big oh bear, wow where jared used to live so my husband used to live in a mountain town that we will refer to as Crestline for the sake of this podcast, not what he and I lovingly refer to it as being from the Inland Empire. Um, And he had stories about seeing bodies hanging from the trees at night. If he was out late and driving home from somewhere late, some creepy stuff. Yeah. And the first time he told me about it, we weren't even married yet. I think we were still working together. And he had told me what he had seen, and it freaked him out so much the next day at work. I'm like, this sounds so cool. Tell me more. (laughs) Crazy. That's so cool. I wouldn't mind visiting that when we go to that area. Yeah, we can go. (laughs) That was like, I really don't want to go, but I'll go because I love you. I'll show you the cool parts. Okay, Um, I'm, I'm good for that. Yeah, they put in all the cool stuff after I moved. You know, I can't be outside too long. No, but I'll show you some of the other cool spots in my hometown. There's um, where the Kimberly Clark, one of the Kimberly Clark founders used to live. It's now a historic landmark in the city of Redlands called Kimberly Crest Mansion. It's actually really, really pretty. Um, and then the, I believe the library is haunted as well. Smiley Library. It's the coolest damn library on the planet, but I'll show you the fun stuff. Ooh. So the second one that I picked, slightly cheating. It's not an official campground, but it's listed everywhere as being one of the spookiest places to to check out. This is Braley Pond, Virginia. So this is primarily a fishing hole um, slash hiking trail and other outdoorsy shit for you people that like to do outdoorsy things in the wilderness. I don't like it. It's I like to, to do outdoorsy things. It's just not where bad things can happen to me. <laughs> and there's creatures with teeth that run faster than me. Also why I stay out of the ocean. Yep. 
Um, so Braley Pond is located in the George Washington and Jefferson National Forest in West Augusta. And it's believed to be not only one of the most haunted places in Virginia, but in the entire United States. Ooh. So there have been several reports of children laughing, spirits hovering over the creek, and a paranormal investigator going insane after camping there at night. So I'm actually going to tell you part of that story because I found it. I yes. found the published um, paranormal I love storytelling. Right, this is so creepy. <laughs> um, so it's not the only site within George Washington National Forest that's haunted, but it definitely has some of the most terrifying stories associated with it. Um, and its tragic history might be the source of some of its hauntings. So on May 22nd, 2002, which was only 20 years ago actually almost 20 years ago to the day creepy Mm. um it was the site of a horrific gang murder there have also been completed suicides reported in the same part of the forest oh boy yes so here was the the scariest part so this is why i mostly am going to focus on this so let's talk about the paranormal investigators that went in So they went in to examine it in July of 2006, and a representative from the Shenandoah Valley Paranormal Society spoke of their experience. Mm. So uh, he had, or she had said, something came home with me that night. I was basically haunted, and it went on for weeks and months at a time. What's even more disturbing is that the haunting felt physical as though someone or something had touched her. So she noticed that it felt like slime and she could feel it moving all on her skin. No. Yeah, you in danger, girl. Oh, no. (laughs) Get your shoes. We gotta find you an exorcism. So... The group of investigators arrived around 4.30 in the afternoon to investigate the Braley Pond campground. They stepped out of their vehicles, and the lead investigator noticed that the atmosphere was, quote, so heavy as to almost be palatable. And I knew immediately that this feeling was not my own. I was feeling something that belonged to someone else. Have you ever felt that? Yes. It's terrifying when we talked about the queen mary and i spoke of my experience terrifying (laughs) it's yeah not fun no 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 (laughs) so as they started to near the dam a couple of group members actually became physically ill and the entire group had to leave so two of the investigators then decided to return to the campground after nightfall because they hadn't had enough fun to keep investigating. So around 11.30 that night, the same pair started to feel the same heaviness in the atmosphere that they experienced when they first got there. So then moving on, they felt as if whatever had been there before was waiting for them. Oh my God. So they ma- they kept making their way back toward the dam, and then they ended up seeing an orb of light in a nearby pine tree. About 30 or 40 feet in the air, um, and it was nestled into the branches that kind of flank out onto the path, so it looked like bright, glowing fluorescent green light. Oh, my God. Right? You need time to go. (laughs) So, after it mysteriously blinked out, they began to hear violent splashing in the water below. 
So then they started to sense that something was coming after them, and then they ran to the safety for, of their vehicle. But as they ran, one of them was knocked off the bridge and into the water. No. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Yeah, so then... Um, <laughs> It goes on to say, I don't know how to explain it, except for he literally fell off the bridge into the water. Mm-mm. Uh, he flew upwards and to the left as if something had hit him right in the middle of his back oh using his forward momentum. And bloop. That's going to be a no for me. Yeah. So then they, the pair actually later discovered that their audio equipment picked up a mysterious screech right before he was thrown into the water. Oh, my God. That's some Mothman shit right there. Oh, God. Yep. So then the lead investigator came out to check on her companion. He was fine, but he encouraged her to to continue running back to the truck. Um, so then as she stood up on the side of the pond, she began to feel something crawling on her back. Mm-mm. She recalled that it felt, it moved like an inchworm that felt like it had tentacles. <laughs> right? So went back to the truck. She kept screaming because something's climbing on her. Something has her. Um, and then they both piled back into the vehicle nothing was found on her um although she continued to feel it creeping on her but they nobody saw anything Ugh. um so there are also some other eerie encounters that have taken place a little bit closer to the pond so as i mentioned specifically near the picnic area full spirit apparitions have been seen hovering above the water oh gosh <laughs> and if you take the trail that goes around the pond and toward the, like going up toward the mountain, you, that's where the folks have reported hearing the sounds of children's voices. Nope. When you hear kids, get mm-hmm. out. All right. Nothing good ever happens with creepy kids. Oh, no, right? thank you. And that is the haunted story of Braley Pond, Virginia. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I have no desire to go there. Nope. Hard no. Yeah. Hard no. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> well, you're going f- uh, from a pond, and now we're going uh, to a lake. Okay. <laughs> so, my next one is actually came up a lot when I just did, like, a general search of haunted campgrounds, mm-hmm. and Big Moose Lake in New I York. I saw that one all over, all over the list. Up. Yep. Like, every single list, this was on there. I was like, okay, so clearly we have to talk about this. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so, Big Moose Lake is located in the Adirondack Mountains. Well done. Like the chair. Yep. I, you know, and I didn't put that together until after I was like, kept saying the word. And I was mm-hmm. like, why Why have I heard that word before? Because you got them chairs on your front porch. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, there it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is a, a relatively large body of water located in upstate New York. It is three miles long and one mile wide. A big fucking lake. Yeah, it covers a total of uh, 1,265 acres and reaches 70 feet at its deepest point. That's real deep. Yeah, it's real deep. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it is the source of the Moose Rivers, all of which flow into the Great Lakes. God, Anna, let me guess. There's actual mooses in the Moose Rivers? I don't know. I'm sure there's moose nearby. Mooses. Mises. The Mises. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the lakes region was settled by the European Americans. 
primarily during the late 19th and early 20th centuries, as people gained access to the region by the first railroad constructed constructed through the in uh, the unhad oh god I can't talk uninhabited thank you gotcha <laughs> uninhabited. Adirondack wilderness. <laughs> to be fair, that is a lot of syllables it to is. string together. Like, who came up with this? <laughs> who wrote this? I know. <laughs> oh, wait, I did. <laughs> so, early, tra- right, early trappers and hunters of the area became guides there and eventually establishing permanent camps and hotels. Uh, wealthy businessmen built large summer homes and their families lived there for the season in the style of the great camps of the Vanderbilts and Morgans. Ah, the Morgans! Yeah, I had to put that on there because, you know. TM. Yeah. Some of these lodges still exist, actually. Um, but the Big Moose Lake era is historically significant for its palisade architectural style, which used vertical half-long construction in lodges and cabins. Mm. Yeah. Um, Big Moose Lake offers sport fishing opportunities for brook trout, lake trout, yellow perch, brown trout, and splake. It's a lot of trout. I... I is splake a trout? I don't know. Let's find it sounds out. weird. I, I'm like, I don't think I want to eat a fish that's named splake. You know that some of these people that named this were just like, what's the weirdest thing? <laughs> uh, it is a hybrid fish. Okay. Uh, so it's, you are correct. It is a type of trout. It is. Oh, it is. It oh, is okay. a cross between a brook trout and a lake trout. So they came up with splake? As you do. Hmm. Of all the things you could have named that fish. Right. Anyways. (laughs) Someone did that fish real dirty. So today, the lake is a well-known tourist spot. Each year, many visitors head to Big Moose Lake for sailing, rowing, and other water sports. And uh, the population reaches a peak during the summer months when vacationers arrive to stay at summer homes or local resorts. And everybody says it's very popular because of its remoteness, climate, beauty, and a story of death. I mean, I'm here for the death part, but me too. the remoteness part scares me. This is great. Yep. You may have heard this story because <laughs> it was in a movie and it was a couple of books, which I haven't seen the movie, which is really weird for me. Which movie? Um, let me scroll down. Hold on. Uh, a Place in the Sun with Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I have never seen it. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I slapped myself because- no way! yep cool so i'm now going to tell you the story of grace brown listens intently (laughs) so grace brown was the daughter of a successful farmer and a factory worker from the town of otselic i hope i said that correct done girl um (laughs) but living in Cortland, over 50 miles away from big moose lake she worked in the gillette skirt factory they used to make skirts I guess so. Okay. <laughs> Where the owner's nephew, Chester Gillette, soon took notice of her. Ooh. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> I know. He's like, what's up, girl? Making them skirts. <laughs> <laughs> How about I get under your skirt? Ah! <laughs> I've been waiting to use that. Sorry. Uh, well I had done. To. I had to. I love it. <laughs> but he was a well-known womanizer. Mm-hmm. We already know where the story is going. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. he began pursuing a a relationship with the beautiful Grace. In 1906, two years after beginning their relationship, Grace discovered that she was pregnant. She tried to convince Gillette to marry her, but when he did, uh, saying he needed time to think. 
Mm, we all know what that is mm-hmm. too. It means girl by. Yeah. So Brown moved back to Otsilik to live with her parents. However, when she learned that Gillette was using his time to see other women, she moved back. Ooh. Mm, girl. It's getting spicy. Mm-hmm. So once more, Brown attempted to convince Gillette to marry her and expressed worry about her family, saying she would not like to burden her mother with the fact that she was pregnant before marriage. So finally, Gillette said he would marry her during a holiday trip to the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. I see where so, this is going. Mm, here we go. Mm-hmm. So Brown and Gillette took a trip to Big Moose Lake, where they rented a rowboat and struck out onto the water. <sighs> you in danger, girl. Mm-hmm. Get, you shouldn't have got on that boat, girl. Mm-mm. You pregnant. You're supposed to be in the water. Nope. But they didn't know those things back then. <laughs> so once there, however, Chester struck Grace with a tennis racket, causing her to fall into the lake and drown. Yeah. So her body was found washed up on shore the next day, and Gillette was later arrested after being identified by a witness. He was executed two years later. That's fast. Yeah. It's a real short appeals process. Yeah, I was like, dang. <laughs> it's like texas got the speed line so the murder of grace brown was had influenced the 1925 adirondack uh, adirondack folk song the ballad of big moose lake it's mm-hmm. a really creepy song you can listen to it on youtube <laughs> And the 1951 movie, A Place in the Sun, starring Elizabeth Taylor, as well as the premise for many other works, a 1925 novel, An American Tragedy, and a 1926 play and 2005 opera of the same name, just to name a few. And they also did an episode of Unsolved Mysteries on this. Oh, I loved Unsolved Mysteries. So the reason why this is named... A very haunted campground number one because people have seen grace brown Aww. just hanging out poor grace yeah um this figure is often witnessing drowning but some have also reported seeing her wandering around the lakeshore or visiting the small cottages and settlements Aww. nearby uh and then for some and for whatever reason grace seems to try to extinguish all the lights in the houses go to bed that's what she's saying. She said, good night. <laughs> I said good day. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why it is listed on all the websites. Why this place is so haunted, because everybody has said to have seen her. And a lot of people, actually, too, I read one um, eyewitness account where they were on the boat in the deepest part of the lake and they felt a pool like where the boat was going down in Ooh. the water and i'm like mm-mm, hard mm-mm. pass nope hard pass and this is why i don't like dark creepy bodies of water nope. because you can't see nope and i'm i'm so good i oh man well the, so when we went it's to, real pretty though it's super pretty um when we went to to Kauai a few months ago we went to these really like the most beautiful snorkeling spot called Tunnels Beach on the north side of the island. So Tunnels Beach is crazy because that whole North Shore is basically a reef shelf. It goes out for like three quarters of a mile. I mean, you can stop at Anini. You can stop at Tunnels. It is just a reef shelf for three quarters of a mile. And then it drops off into darkness. Oh, God. And Jared's like going out real far. And I'm like, bitch, you come back here. (laughs) 
and bring your ass I back. am not. There's going to be something that's going to grab you? No. <laughs> so, yeah. That's Big Moose Lake. Well done, my dear. Thank you. So, the last one that I picked also popped up on many of the most haunted campgrounds for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. It is Antietam Creek Campsite in Maryland. Um, so this is a mixture of a history lesson and a ghost story. If you hate history, I'm sorry. Hopefully you like ghost stories enough to make it interesting. So for those of you that uh, are not super familiar with U.S. history, of, and especially during the Civil War, the Battle of Antietam was the bloodiest battle of the Civil War. So, little background on the Antietam Creek Campground from their website. It's located at mile 69.4. Um, <laughs> it's just a few miles south of Shepherdstown on the Maryland side of the Potomac. Oh. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to work a little closer to home? No. <laughs> no. Every, everything is a Hamilton reference I for know. me. Um so the campgrounds are nestled in the woods between the canal and the Potomac River as they are a short distance from many recreational opportunities. So fishing, boating, and hiking are but a few possibilities while staying oh. at Antietam Creek Campground. Uh, also kayaking. I'm actually a big kayaker. I love to kayak. It's one of my favorite things. I'll even paddle for two. Just ask Jared. He'll oh. let me. So, while you can book this wonderful campground, there's also some things you should know. So, mm-hmm. let's talk about the Battle of Antietam. So this yeah, was, it was like the big one. <laughs> the big one. So, the Battle of Antietam, as I mentioned, was the bloodiest battle of the Civil War. And yep. it happened on September 17th in 1862 on Antietam Creek near the small town of Sharpsburg, Maryland. So, there was four hours of intense fighting that took place on an old sunken road that separated two farms. Oh, boy. And a staggering 23,100 men were wounded, killed, or missing in action after the Union and Confederate armies battled in the nearby cornfields and farmlands of Antietam Creek. That's a lot of casualties. Yep. Um, and I think it was something like 5,000 died or something along that lines. But, um, and also let's, let's, lest we forget in the (laughs) 1860s, if you were wounded, depending on the severity, you might as well have been dead because Mm -hmm. secondary infection, some sort of a fatty embolism, something was going to get you. Yep. Um, there were no antiseptic. They were just amputating everything. Yeah. Zero antiseptic, (laughs) zero painkillers. This was before we realized that you shouldn't amputate a limb and then with that same dirty knife go and amputate Ugh, something else. Bleh. Yeah, the concept of, of sterilization and such didn't come until a <laughs> little later. Throw up. <laughs> yeah. So it it was real bad. That real sad scene in uh Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Accurate. Mm-mm. Yep. So when the Confederate Army reached the sunken road, which provided some protection at first, uh, General Robert E. Lee ordered that the battle be held there. Soldiers on both sides fired continuously as the Federals tried repeatedly to overtake the position. Finally, Confederate soldiers were overrun and bodies fell on top of bodies in this bloody sunken road. There's actual pictures of it that you can pull up online if you look on Looking. Google. Yep. <laughs> and just look at Antietam, uh, Antietam Battle Sunken Road. You can actually see it's it's like a little wash. And I'm going, damn, all these people were fighting in this wash? That's crazy. So 
All of this fighting goes on. And today, as we know it, it is called Bloody Lane. And if you have the right, that that gasp, that's where they all fought in that that little area there. Yep. I mean, but why? Because secede from the union. It's great, kids. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's bad. So um, it's now called Bloody Lane. So if you have the chance to walk down it, it's it's really humbling. Um, The tragic impressions of that day kind of linger, according to the people that go there. And it's still as no matter how many visitors go there, they all say that it remains, quote unquote, church like quiet, which is really eerie. That's real creepy. Yes. So let's talk about the ghosts. As you could suspect, mm-hmm. Bloody Lane is haunted. So people have reported smelling gunfire and gunpowder when no one is on the road or even nearby. One visitor to the battlefield said that he saw several men in Confederate uniforms walking down Bloody Lane. He thought that they were reenactors until they vanished. Oh my God. The most convincing of the reports is one of some Baltimore schoolboys who walked Bloody Lane and heard singing out in the fields. They said it sounded like a chant or the Christmas song Deck the Halls. They heard a chant similar to the the Fala La sound being repeated over and over. Um, And the area was near an observation tower where the Irish Brigade charged the Confederates with a battle cry in Gaelic which sounded just like the fa-la-la from the Christmas Carol Deck the Halls. Oh, my God. Creepy as hell, right? Wow. So another area is also (laughs) Burnside's Bridge, which is also, well, was then known as Rohrbrock Bridge, where General Ambrose Burnside pushed the Confederates back after many defeated attempts. Um, So many soldiers were buried really quickly in and around the bridge in unmarked graves. Visitors at night have reported seeing balls of blue light moving around, the sound of a drum cadence playing as it fades in to the night and sounds like potentially the battle's not over um so let's talk about a couple of different locations around there so the pry house and the piper house stand on the battlefield as well both are also reported to be haunted stories ranging from footsteps being heard on the stairs to apparition of a woman thought to be the wife of one of the generals who died in the house and also the St. Paul Episcopal Church in Sharpsburg was used as a Confederate hospital after the battle. So reports still tell of screams of injured and dying soldiers coming from the building. Other people have reported seeing flickering lights from the church's tower. Um, and some of the wounded were taken into people's homes to be cared for because there were just so many bodies. Oh my gosh. Um, and many of them died in, in these homes that they were moved to during this battle. And there's a house at the west uh, ta- west of the town of Mount Airy. No, I had to look this up because geography is not my strong suit. Yeah. <laughs> I am good at uh, many things. Geography is nope. not one of them. So Mount Airy, there's also a Mount Airy in North Carolina, which for those of you that did not grow up on this show, Mount Airy is the real life hometown of Andy Griffith. And it is what the Andy Griffith shows town of Mayberry is based on. This is not that Mount Airy. This is a couple states away. <laughs> this is Mount Airy, Maryland. Okay, perfect. Um, 
and some of the wounded were taken there. So legend has it that floorboards in the house are still stained with blood and cannot be removed even oh. with sanding it down. Oh my God. And that, my dear, is the story of Antietam Creek Campsite in Maryland. Wow. Isn't it crazy? That's crazy. Don't put I, me down to go to no. no. Actually, pretty much the conclusion of this is we ain't going camping, y'all. Stay out of the woods. Yeah, we're not going camping. Don't camp. Only bad things happen. Even if you try, Mm-mm. I'm going to say no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Unless I'm in a cabin with no windows and no doors. <laughs> Which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. But, jeez. Oh, I mean, this one was a lot of fun to research, yeah. but it also just kind of further substantiated that I like living in the suburbs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got creepy stuff here, too, but... This is true, we do. But, you know, we can sage and be okay. hmm <laughs> In the comfort of our home. Right? <laughs> well, that does it for this episode, but we are probably going to record another one here in the next week or so. Yes. Talking about more of our favorite spooky summerween goodness stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we're probably... Go, come back to this too because there was there was lots more oh yeah there was more we'll uh, we'll research some international ones too. yes because i'm but, sure there are some yes but if you have stayed at any of the campgrounds that we mentioned and you have a fun story Ooh. we would love to hear it or if you know somebody who knows somebody mm-hmm. we'll absolutely take some hearsay go yes. for it and also if there's any other campgrounds where you stayed and we haven't mentioned please Tell us. Tell us, and we could talk about it. Heck yeah. Yup. Um, thanks for listening. Do not forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you leave us a bad review, well, then boop, we still got your downloads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> but yeah, we we don't get very many bad reviews. Everybody likes us. Just the one. Because we cute. Who called us woke losers. And he uh, also oh, yeah. said that he would rather listen to Joni Mitchell's wine. I'm like, I'm sorry, Joni Mitchell's my girl. So and I she's don't take, amazing. Right? So, so I, I don't take that as an insult. Yeah, I don't either. But also still got your downloads. Boop. Yep, got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And if you have a topic that you would like for us to research or a fun story to share, you can either DM us on a variety of social media platforms. <laughs> Slide into our DMs. Slide into them DMs. <laughs> or you can just email us at thesquadghouls at gmail.com. Or if you go to our website, www.thesquadghouls.com, we have a little contact form there that you can fill out too. It goes yeah. to our Gmail and we can just reply to you yeah. there. We make it real easy for you. We try. Yeah. We also have to make it easy on ourselves. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Creep it real. And we'll scare you later. Bye-bye. Bye.